130. Ready? Make all the noise you want. It's just the intro. No big deal. Welcome to the Felt Recall Podcast. This is episode number 130. It will be called A Cultural Purging. That is how this episode will be known. Just so you know, if you don't know, usually each week's episode gets its... I try to do a three-word title, right? Because some people don't do that. And then, you okay? I'm good. You going to be all right? Yeah. Okay. If... uh, (laughs) I don't know what's going on don't across the table from me. Did you just get some really bad news? No, but okay. my eyes are watering. Yes. Uh, Something happened? I just stepped I out for a second. I, you're I like one of my kids. To, I just tried to open parlor. <laughs> it looks like you're crying. <laughs> I know it does. You okay? You want to no, get something off your chest? No, I'm good. That's what we're here for. No, I, I'm, I'm solid. Okay. Guy's only had one it's beer. Only, He's like, it's <laughs> only my right eye, too, which is weird. <laughs> I'm only half sad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's Mr. Patrick. Uh, my name's Chris. This is the Felt Recall Podcast. We appreciate you being here every week for new episodes of just raw opinion and the latest news and unfiltered reviews when we have the time. And all the feels. And all the feels. Um, this episode will be titled A Cultural Purging. And I tell you that uh, because typically speaking, the episode titles, I try to do three words because I get really annoyed when people do really long titles on podcasts. I'm driving down the street and I'm trying to see what the podcast is called and I can't see the entire title. You know what I'm saying? So it'll be like Ben Shapiro, number 125, and then I don't see anything else. I always wonder, what did they call it? Anyway, our titles tend to come from somebody just making a joke or a quip of some sort throughout the episode we try to think about it, you know, like the ramblings of a madman or uh, but we whatever title happens. At the end, right. after we wrap. Usually always at the end, we try to think back. That's a good bit of context I maybe should have given there. Uh, afterwards, we sit here and go, okay, what do we call that one? And, and we try to come up with a name. But this week, I, I think it's just extraordinarily important that we acknowledge what is happening across the United States this week. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to make a very bold claim here at the beginning, and then we're going to spend the next 45 minutes we have together, maybe an hour, showing you why that claim is 100% true. Now, the fact that this podcast, sometimes I'm amazed that this podcast is still allowed to be a thing. Like, they went after Parler. Amazon has taken Parler off the internet, right? Are we on borrowed time? I, I, I do wonder. You know, we're in the app store. We're podcasts, right? Uh, we pay a company 40 bucks a month to host the podcast. We don't have to do that. We, you know, we have, we have ourselves on anchor now, which is a free podcasting platform. We're trying to get away from paying. Um, you'll hear more about that eventually, but yeah, I do sometimes scratch my head and go, I wonder when they'll come for us because they are coming for us. And I'm going to lay that out for you. Um, Here's the, the quick and dirty of what we'll be talking about this week. As you well know, uh, Twitter and Facebook have kicked President Donald Trump off their platforms simply for ideological differences. There's, I don't know where they're coming up with the idea that he incited what happened at the Capitol building outside of he told them, let's go to the Capitol together. He, I don't think he ever ushered anybody in the way the Capitol Police did. He didn't move the barricades for those people the way Capitol Police did. Um, he didn't encourage any sort of violence. And in fact, when he got on social media and started asking people to calm down and go home and respect the police, they deleted his accounts and tried to say, you did this in the first place. Well, that's what you do to Nazis, Chris. Interestingly enough, (laughs) that's exactly what we'll talk about. Um, if you haven't read 1984, you have to go get 1984 and read it now. You have to read it now because I'm telling you, that's what comes next is that they'll go after books. In 1984, if you don't know, the protagonist works for the government because everybody works for the government. But his job within the machine is to take historical, I want to say documents, 
He's kind of altering historical records. documents. Histor- thank you. Historical records. And he changes them to be to whatever the party deems they should be now. So a loose example would be if there was a story of Patrick, who was a conservative, and he goes out and performs some feat of you know heroic accomplishment. And now the party says, now, wait a second. He was of the wrong ideology, so go and change that so that everybody thinks Patrick was a Democrat when he did that. This guy gets the original story, changes it, and then burns the original, so there's no record of the past. They're erasing history so that they can write the history books. It is what we're seeing now, right? Uh, 100%, yeah. It's night. I mean, we, (laughs) we are in a bizarro world at this point. I think it's a day that a lot of people didn't think would ever come, and here we are. We, like it, like it, yep. we, we've we've been chipped away at as conservatives for a very long time. Um, it's that idea of um, you know throwing a frog in a boiling pot or put them in there and then turning it on. Yeah, and for some reason, and I th- and to be honest, I think the left's uh, play of you know putting us in the pot and, and then turning the burner on has been working. They've been getting there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now I think they sort of, um, to use another animal analogy, they've jumped the shark. They've, they've gone just all the way as far as they can go um, with regards to the First Amendment. And so now we're in a position where uh, that veil is lifted. Everyone is now aware of what's going on. And that's, that's why you saw, uh, you know, what it was, 7 million unique users of Parler in a day. All of a sudden. Um, which I think we've talked about it here a couple times for a few weeks. It's been slowly gaining some steam, but yeah, huge jump in the last you know week and a half. And there's nothing, what's crazy about it is in my experience, there's been nothing different as far as the conversational tones between Parler and Twitter, except the ideological bend of the people on the platform, meaning meaning, the people on Parler have been saying how they feel, but they have not been inciting violence. They haven't been claiming anything absurd outside of L. Lynn Wood. Uh, uh, yeah. Most people... He's fun, he's fun to follow. Because he's crazy. Because he's he's completely nuts now. I mean, at first it was like, hey, what if this guy knows something? And then he's like, and then in Satan's bedroom was Mike Pence with the devil's wife. You're like, and, now we must, and now we must execute him by firing squad. <laughs> yeah. So you have to like quickly get, get away from those people. But okay, let me paint one big picture. And then I want to say something about what the media has proven to us about the fact that they're so excited over the prosecution of the Trump supporters. So first of all, here's the big picture. We've been talking a while about was the election stolen or not. Now, it's funny that we're not allowed to. Stacey Abrams has been in Georgia for a couple years talking about it. Hillary Clinton's been on TV for four talking about it. The uh, left-leaning members of Congress have held committee after committee and conducted Billions of dollars of investigations up to this point trying to prove that the last election was stolen. But the minute we want to say, hey, you know what? Maybe there is some fraud going on we should talk about. Suddenly you're not allowed to talk about it without being a crazy whack job conspiracy theorist. But slow down and consider the fact, as we've said before, that they're all working together to make you believe that what they say is true. And it starts to make a bit more sense. So consider the fact that as soon as Donald Trump got elected, they started the Russia collusion. And then two years in office, they start telling us how the 2020 election will be the most important election of all time. It makes sense to the untrained eye that suddenly 90% of the people who are registered to vote are willing to vote. When historically, even in presidential elections, you were lucky to get a third of registered voters to the polls. Right. But suddenly now they're getting three times that. And the media has conditioned us over such a long time to believe that this is such a historic election. Everybody's going to be there. Everybody needs to, to vote. The future of the country is on the line. We must rally. We must save this country. We must vote. We must vote. So we swallow it hook, line, and sinker because, hey, why, why wouldn't it be true? 
It's all anybody's talked about. Everyone's in a frenzy. Everyone's in a frenzy. But think about it for a second. So much so that about 24 million more people voted than are registered. Kind of crazy. <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. Kind of crazy. Think of it for a second, though. Are people really consuming the media more now? Are they watching, and by that I mean the news media, are they watching CNN at an unprecedented volume? Has uh, Nielsen come out and said the ratings are extraordinary? Because here's why I ask. You can easily find Ami Horowitz out on the street doing his man-on-the-street type stuff, mm-hmm. attributing Joe Biden quotes to Donald Trump and people eating it up or asking people, is this quote racist? Yeah. Poor kids are as smart as white kids. All the racist things Joe Biden has ever said, Ami will run by these people and the people go, oh, that's incredibly racist. And then he says, who do you think said it? And they say Donald Trump. And he goes, no, Joe Biden. If you've consumed the news media, you know these things to be true. You know about the Ukraine deal. And the prosecutor, you know about the Chinese money. You know all these things. So it should be hand in hand. If suddenly 90% of the country is voting, then you have to imagine that there's been what I would call a uh, similar increase in the news media consumption. But nobody can prove that. I haven't seen anybody say suddenly we have records that this many people are watching the nightly news as compared to four years ago. Well, you would almost have to, right? Because you would think that um, if if the number of voters increases, that's because the number of voters has become more informed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they should know these things. Now, the other side of it is they could very well not know those things, and they're getting all their news from social media. Because as we're, we're seeing now, social media is 100%, you cannot argue anymore, they are filtering what you see, they're trying to conform your way of thinking to theirs by making sure that whatever comes down the pipe in your feed line is only what they think you need to see and whatever it is they deem to be true, right? Also, consider, what was it, about a month ago or maybe two, uh, Zucker Nerd and that little guy with the beard and Mm -hmm. the nose ring Mm -hmm. sat up there in Congress and told... uh, all of our representatives that they do not censor conservatives. Right. Right. So we now know that is not so, true. So like, so what, so what do you call this? Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, I think that's what you're doing. Cultural purging. So we know they're doing it. We know they're actively doing it. I and mean, like you said at the top, we've been saying this for years and now suddenly What seemed crazy to so many people is playing out, but those people still think it's crazy. And here's why it works that way. Because this massive machine of the media and the politics and the culture is all working together. And I'm going to tell you just a second why we know that they they work in tandem and they do it to influence the zeitgeist. Uh, First, let me remind you, it is an uncertain time. It's crazy out there. It's crazy. We don't know what's going to happen come inauguration. We don't know what happens with Joe Biden's first 100 days in office. We know that Joe Biden has said the darkest days of the pandemic are ahead of us. Please get prepared. In in whatever way you can, you need to get prepared. And that starts with food and water for you and your family. My Patriot Supply offers food, water, vegetables, fruits, coffees with shelf lives for decades, decade-long shelf lives Coffee's up to 30 years if you don't open the bag. You can go to feltrecoalshow.com slash mypatriotsupply, and you can get some deals there through the links we have posted. It's all right there for you. You don't have to go hunt the internet for it. Feltrecoalshow.com slash mypatriotsupply. Get something extra in the pantry because God only knows what's coming very, very soon. Now, One thing to bear in mind when your friends uh, show you these pictures of the Capitol Hill protesters getting arrested, make sure that you're commenting on those and saying that you hope that person is prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, because that is the differential factor between us and them. Absolutely. You won't find, I would love to see two things. First of all, you won't find a story of an unarmed Black Lives Matter protester being shot in the face and killed by a police officer. Is that story out there? 
Doesn't exist. I don't think it exists. Everybody keeps banging this drum that the Trump protesters got it easier than any Black Lives Matter protester would ever get it. And I can't find the evidence of the Black Lives Matter protester unarmed and shot in the face. Okay? Now, let me let me back that up with this. That poor lady made a very, very, very bad decision. From the videos I have seen... Agreed. What I can tell, that woman was crawling through a barricaded door. It was barricaded on the other side. They were breaking the glass out, and she was going through, and someone in a suit leaned out and shot her in the face. And she died because she went too far. Did she deserve to die? I don't know, because I don't know what was happening. Seems to me there were elected officials on the other side of those doors. They were trying to keep these people out. Those people were forcing their way through. If that proves to be true, I mean, pool on the tiger's tail, you're going to get what you get. Yeah, the, the initial story I heard was that that was uh, Capitol Hill police. I think it's now been confirmed, and you can fact check me on this again. Uh, email me. I still don't care. Always do. Um, yeah, uh, but I think it's actually a member of Pence's uh, security detail that actually oh, pulled the trigger. No kidding. So he could have been in there. Very well could have. And, and we know good and well people have been unhappy with Pence lately. They've been saying it online. Yeah, thanks a lot, Linwood. Yeah, I would listen. I would bet. You know, I'd bet my bank account. There are active death threats against that man, oh, and they're sure. they're coming fast and furious during that protest. What was it Antifa that antagonized? I mean, we know there is video evidence. The Washington Examiner and the Gateway Pundit have both, even though ours got removed. I don't know if you got that I notification. Did, yeah. I saw that. We got a strike from Facebook for, for sharing a video. It is a it is a it is there on tape where there is someone banging a window out with a hammer and the crowd begins cheering. Not even cheering. The crowd begins saying, Antifa, Antifa, no Antifa, no Antifa. They grab the guy with the hammer. They get him away from the window. You can see the guy in the Trump hat get in his face and scream at him to get back and stop ruining things. And there's an article that explains that with the video of it happening. And Facebook pulls it down and says, nope, 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 nope. Fact checked. Nope, nope, false, right? It's amazing. Now, I've gone on a long tangent here, but I'm, I'm trying to just set up the fact of the matter that you and I are about to be told we're, we're being gaslighted by the media. We're being told that the things we believe to be true are absolutely not true. And we're being painted as fringe propagandists for believing those things. So. Make sure that when you see people talking about this, the people being arrested, that you celebrate their arrest. Because what those people did was wrong, and that's not who we are. In fact, when you consider the fact that people were objecting to the Electoral College votes, they were breaking to debate those objections, we were getting exactly what we wanted. That's what we wanted out of the deal. We wanted some conversation about is there fraud in the election, and that was the way to do it. So we don't side with anybody willing to show up, be violent, and vandalize. So I'm happy people are being arrested. I hope they get the full extent of the law. But you won't find that from the left. When BLM and Antifa show up and destroy and riot and do what they do, they're celebrated. I can't, by the way, I cannot find an article from a major media source that identifies a Black Lives Matter protester or an Antifa protester as an extremist. But every article about the Capitol Hill protest identifies those people as extremists. Yeah, and they're actually trying to take that one step further right now. I read an article earlier uh, that was basically saying uh, they were, uh, there's certain people in the government that are trying to designate MAGA rallies as terrorist um, organized events. Essentially, isn't that crazy? Like you're no different than ISIS or Al Qaeda. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that. How isn't that the end goal? Yeah, I, and I heard, by the way, I hate to even bring it up because I don't know. I heard there were five people killed at this protest. Well, allegedly, yeah. I knew of the lady and I knew of the cop. I don't really know the details on the cop that got killed. Uh, I've seen the video of the lady. Um, 
The I, media is is saying uh, the mainstream media is saying that he was beaten over the head with a fire extinguisher. Yeah, I saw a top down photo where he's laid down on his stomach and there's people around him trying. It looks like they're trying to help him. Looks like they're trying to provide him aid. Hmm. I don't see any fire extinguishers around him. It's outside. They're on the Capitol steps. That's crazy. So I'm not really quite buying the the narrative on that one. Yeah. I didn't know five. I knew two. Five is wow. One is wow. One is wow. We're in a whole new world now. We're in a whole people. Listen, we've said for a while, this is war. You can call it what you want to call it. We've been at war with each other for a long time. And now it's like, what more proof do you need? They're killing each other. They're killing each other. All because what? All because what? Is it a big deal what happened? Absolutely. Absolutely. But there's legal recourses that I think we have to let play out. Violence will never solve the problem, by the way. Violence is going to make things so much worse. Okay, If you, if you have this notion in your head that you're going to grab your rifle and run out and save the country, it's not the way it works. As we mentioned, uh, I think an episode or two ago, <laughs> you got to go, go read the Declaration of Independence. Just sit down and read it tomorrow. Okay, or Next time you have... 20 free minutes. Sit down and really read it. Read through their list of grievances and recognize how they did what they did. He said, hey, everything you guys have done that is contrary to the natural law of man, the natural order of things, and it's contrary to our own constitution uh, as subjects to the king. And so we're we're breaking apart and um, we're going to be a free and, and sovereign nation. And they had a very long list of things they disagreed with the king on. That's the way to do it, right? And then, and then the king has to send his men over and defy you, and that's the way that stuff should go. And by the way, it's a long, long process. Okay, they didn't get together in 1776 and decide to break free, and then they were free by 1777. You know, this was decades upon decades building up, and then it was decades upon decades of recovery. So y- you need to understand that that means the rest of your life, most of your kid's life, and then your grandchildren will will you know see the fruit that is born of that. Um, not that I think those things should or happen or are necessary. I'm just saying it's an unrealistic notion that we'll have this firefight and then once that big firefight's over, we, we you know we're we're back to where we wanted to be. It's never going to work that way. Well, I mean, it cons- won't work that way. Consider what got us to this point. I mean, it's been as you mentioned before, it started with basically the moment Trump got in office with the Russia collusion narrative. And so you've had four years of uh, the major media um, and, and the left politicians basically, you know, rallying around the idea that Trump is evil and therefore anyone that uh, likes him or supports him or whatever is, is thereby just the same. So, that's been building to this, I think, breaking point that we reached last week. That didn't happen in a vacuum. That that what you saw was not just a bunch of pissed off people all of a sudden. Yeah, that was people that have been you know, I think, uh, relegated by the media and told that they're less than, and so this is kind of yeah the natural right. course. Yeah. You're right. These people have put up with four years of being vilified and uh, smeared in the media, lied about and lied to, and well, they're I mean, over it. And look at what the media has covered. We watched riots all summer <laughs> right. here yeah. where yeah. these people were allowed to burn cities to the ground, literally allowed. The cops were told to stand down. You've got uh, BLM and Antifa laying siege to a courthouse in Portland yeah. for over a month straight, all day, every day, yep. with bombs and fireworks, throwing things at it, using laser pointers to blind the officers, attacking anyone that came around that wasn't a part of their crew. So you, you got into a situation here where you have conservative Americans that are watching this unfold. They're watching their country be destroyed. Yeah, they're watching no action be taken against the people that are doing it. And so 
when it comes time to air their grievances, obviously things were heated. Things got out of hand. This was, I think, in large part what we warned against last week. Uh, you know, and I, I'm not trying to take a whole bunch of credit for calling it, but I kind of feel like we called it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we kind of saw this one coming. We're prophets. You know, um, when you you get onto the subject of comparing the things that have happened in the Antifa and Black Lives Matter movement, which, by the way, I think there's an important piece of kind of uh, context to give you in my way of thinking here. I believe, A, that Black Lives Matter is a Marxist movement. That's what the founder said. I get that. But I believe Black Lives Matter is largely populated by good people with good intentions. I don't think they care too much what the founder said in an interview somewhere. I don't think they've ever been to the website to totally understand the movement. I think you have people who are aggravated by uh, what they're told by the media as a perceived mistreatment by the system. Now, if you examine the facts and you look at the numbers, you understand that that perception is a little skewed. Black men are not disproportionately executed by police officers, especially unarmed black men. It's not really a thing. But you can also, by the way, compare, believe it or not, the siege of one Capitol building to the siege of another and look at how the media covered those. So you know everything that's happened in the last couple of weeks, maybe last week since the storming of the U.S. Capitol building. But think back to exactly 10 years ago. And here's an article from the New York Times dated February 16th, 2011. As four game wardens awkwardly stood guard, protesters scores deep crushed into a corridor leading to the governor's office here on Wednesday in Wisconsin. Their screams echoing through the Capitol, come out, come out wherever you are. Behind closed doors, Scott Walker, the Republican who has been governor for about six weeks, calmly described his intent to forge ahead with the plans that had set off the uprising. He wants to require public workers to pay more for their health insurance and pensions, effectively cutting the take-home pay of many by around 7%. He also wants to weaken most public sector unions by sharply curtailing their collective bargaining rights, limiting talks to the subject of basic wages. Mr. Walker said he had no other options since he's facing a deficit of $137 million in the current state budget and the prospect of a $3.6 billion hole in the coming two-year budget. For us, it's simple, said Mr. Walker, whose family home was surrounded by angry workers this week, prompting the police to close the street. Mr. Walker says the state is broke. Events in Wisconsin this week, though, are a sign of something new. No more apologies, no more half measures. Given the dire straits of budgets around the country, other state leaders may take similarly drastic steps with state workers, pensions, and unions. Now, I hope you understand this goes on and on and on. And it takes about eight paragraphs for them to even talk to one of the protesters because up to that point, it's all about Scott Walker, Scott Walker. Madison schools were closed on Wednesday after many employees called in sick to help lobby. Do you hear that? Thousands called in sick to help lobby, not to storm the Capitol, not to siege the Capitol for, by the way, how long? Six weeks. Six weeks, they held the Capitol building in Wisconsin hostage. I thought you were going to say six hours. The New York Times, that's lobbying. That's a lobbying effort. <laughs> they're stuff they're lobbying. So they're lying, right? They're calling out sick. They're not really sick. So that should at least be a write-up. <laughs> <laughs> Thousands of teachers, firefighters, state workers, and students filled a square around the Capitol chanting, kill the bill, and waving signs. They would have stopped at the word kill had it been Trump supporters. And a hearing on the issue that had started at 10 a.m. Tuesday ran through the night and into Wednesday afternoon as protesters with sleeping bags camped out near the Capitol's rotunda and bleary-eyed lawmakers gulped coffee from paper cups. Protesters shared stories of their families' deep history and unions, people struggling to pay their mortgages, workers considering moving away, switching careers, retiring. 
Kim Hoffman, a middle school music teacher, said she and her husband, also a teacher, would lose $1,200 a month under the plan. Too deep a cut to manage, she said. I love teaching, but I'd have to start looking for another job, period, she said. All right, I'm not going to go on and on. Just understand, the New York Times, glorification of these people when they sieged a state capitol building and held it for six weeks because they were leftist protesters. You take it, Trump protesters who stormed the capitol building of the United States, and everybody says they're extremists, they're terrorists, they're looking to kill, they've got blood on their hands, impeach the president for it. Now, here's probably the most important part. We could have started with this. If you don't know what gaslighting is, gaslighting is a reference to, was, was it a play or a book? I think it's a play in which a man convinces his wife she's crazy by continually lowering the gas of the lights in the house and making them flicker and go dim. And when she notices, or is the wife doing it to the man? It doesn't matter. I don't remember exactly. But the point is, uh, they're gas. Such a misogynist. I know. Well, we're all equal. Okay. When somebody tells me it was a man doing it to a woman or a woman doing it, I don't worry about gender. I don't it, even it assume. It could have been two guys. Assume. Yeah. And that's that's your problem, that, sir. Exactly. See, I go, I go, whoa, 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 you you didn't know. Did they tell you their pronouns before you wrote this play? Okay. So I'm just gonna say so, they. So they and them they were and them. in the room. And they keep turning the lights down and making them flicker. And, so bad. And them, them is like, hey, the lights keep flickering, but they say, No, they don't. And they and they convince them that them be crazy because they think because them thinks the Who's lights first. The lights are going down, but they is actually the one switching the lights, trying to make them crazy. Gaslighting. Okay. So that's gaslighting. Somebody convinces you that you're the, that what is what what is reality is not, and you're crazy for thinking it is. Here's an article from Vice titled, oh boy, titled, What to Say if a Friend Insists 800,000 Children Are Trafficked Each Year. If someone you're close to is posting about hashtag save our children or, and this is the, this is very important, or spouting other QAnon inspired propaganda, you might want to step in. Suffice to say, this article goes on to say that if you believe children are being trafficked around the world every year for sex to a degree that is alarming, you are crazy. And someone needs to step in and help you. I like now, that they why think there's is a it? threshold there. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. That's exactly where I was going. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean no, to cut no, no. you off. No, you go you, ahead with you're it. You're getting fired up, so you go ahead. I'm just going to say, why is it in gun violence scenarios, one life is one life too many? But when kids are being raped for profit around the world, well, they say 800,000, but we don't know that's an accurate number. It's 2 million, by the way. The number is 2 million. The estimate from the experts is 2 million children trafficked around the world, one of them being sold every 30 seconds. Listen to me. Every 30 seconds, a child around this world is sold for either labor, sex, or are you ready? For their organs. Organ harvesting is massively on the rise. In case you think I'm crazy, let's harp on one point of this this article in which they say that there is a crazy conspiracy theory surrounding Wayfair selling kids via marked-up cabinets on its website. Here's This is direct from Vice. Child trafficking is a hot topic right now, but not, as social media might have you believe, because it's on the rise. It's not, according to Vice, even though, by the way, side note, Human trafficking is the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world, period. Period. The article continues. Or because the mainstream press is turning a blind eye to a growing problem. We aren't, says Vice. But you are. This article the proves... Point of the article... <laughs> Come on, man. Instead, a moral panic around child trafficking exacerbated which has a negative connotation, if you ask me, exacerbated by the recent rise of the social justice Instagram aesthetic and by ultra-viral and totally false rumors that furniture company Wayfair sells kids via marked-up cabinets on his website is blooming. The article goes on, by the way, to basically instruct you about how to talk to people who believe we need to raise awareness of and stop child trafficking. Okay? 
couple of problems uh-huh. real quick. Mm-hmm. The Wayfair thing was memory hold almost immediately. Yes. It disappeared as fast as it showed up. Yep. I would I would love for you to find me another story that disappeared as fast as it did in 2020. Now, there was a lot going on in 2020. That's true. A lot of craziness. Yep. Probably more craziness in one year than ever before. But you want to tell me a story that big was just deemed to be a non-issue. It was false. It never actually really happened and just went away like that. I'm not buying it. I won't buy it for a second. Vice says, to your point, Vice says, while the movement to raise awareness of and stop child trafficking did not originate with QAnon, according to an NBC News report, the recent spike in chatter around it came from QAnon-related Instagram accounts and Facebook groups. By the way, what they're doing is they're lumping in any Save Our Children hashtag, which was being used by Operation Underground Railroad, which is a legitimate service a legitimate nonprofit rescuing kids around the world right now from these monsters that vice empowers through propaganda like this. It's almost like the tech oligarchs don't want children saved. Weird. Crazy, huh? Yeah. That's strange. Like, like, cause why else would they, maybe they didn't know that's what the hashtag was. What, what do you think they thought it could have missed? I'm trying to give them, like a little benefit of the doubt. Maybe they maybe they didn't know what that meant. Hey, uh, boss, this Save Our Children is, uh, is ah, trending. Cut it out. Get it out of here. What could that possibly be about? Swimming pools? Delete it. Okay. Kids don't drown. Um, I don't know what they what other things they would have thought. Here, I just want to do this, though. So if you don't know Tim Ballard's story, I think it's very important you know his story before I play you because here's Tim Ballard addressing the Wayfair incident, by the way. In which, if you listen, he will tell you, guess what? Guess what? Children are sold on the internet that way. They are. Right in front of our faces, that's how kids are sold. Oh, you're crazy. Okay, hear me out. Tim Ballard worked at the Department of Homeland Security. He was tasked with starting the federal government's Crimes Against Children Task Force. He used to have to watch these videos over and over again. And he learned to identify curtains. So here's, here's an example. A boy in a bed being violated by a man. And that video is online. And this is a real story. But there is a curtain or a blanket. I can't remember which it was. That in the video they knew was only made in one certain area. And they were able to track because of that and save that boy. And Vice and people who share this Vice article want you to believe that that's a crazy conspiracy, that it doesn't actually happen and these things don't exist. Because like you said, Patrick, they peddle in it. I think they enjoy it. And they can't live in a world where there's a restriction on whatever their perversion happens to be that day because it makes them feel bad because they're terrible people. The person that wrote that article needs to do a very very firm self-evaluation of their soul It is disgusting. But point being, Tim Ballard has this job. He's literally rescuing kids. Tim Ballard has gone over and videotaped himself taking kids back from ISIS in Syria. He went to Syria and took kids back from ISIS. By the way, funded by Glenn Beck. So anything anybody ever wants to say about Glenn Beck that that could be negative, that's where this man got his first million dollars to start things. And then Glenn said, I'm going to help you even more. And now they have the Nazarene Fund, and Tim Ballard runs that, and they're saving women and children. People all around the world are saved every day because of Tim Ballard and Glenn Beck. Not conspiracy theorists. These are real people doing real work. Here is Tim Ballard explaining uh, how Wayfair actually, it's not far off the mark as to how it actually works. Now, he's not saying Wayfair sells children, he tells you right up front, he doesn't know, and he's not going to dive into whether or not that the, the proper authorities will vet that, but he does make the point that kids are sold that way on the internet. Hey guys, Tim Ballard here, CEO of Operation Underground Railroad. I want to respond to a lot of questions we're getting about this whole Wayfair thing. 
look, bottom line, law enforcement's gonna flush that out and we'll get our answers sooner than later. But I wanna tell you this, children are sold that way. For 17 years, I've worked as an undercover operator online, no question about it, children are sold on social media platforms, on websites and so forth. So I'm glad people are at least waking up to it, especially right now, because 2020 has been an absolutely horrifying year for children. And this is why. There's been unintended consequences due to the COVID-19 lockdowns and the shutdowns. Kids are taken out of the infrastructure that's keep, that keeps them safe. They're told to sit on their, their smartphones and their laptops and the pedophiles are doing the same thing. They're also home, jobless, and they're accessing our kids. And it's really bad. The reports that came out from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children have confirmed that there's been literally millions of additional reports of child sex assault originating online than there was the same time last year. Our kids are vulnerable, and when we made the decisions to lock everything down, somehow we didn't bring them to the table. They weren't part of the discussion. One crisis then follows the next crisis. Now, what happened to George yeah. Floyd was horrible. All right, it's going to go on, and, and he kind of works into um, the need to support law enforcement and, and weed out the bad actors of law enforcement. But the point there is made about Wayfair and the idea that, that Vice would write this despicable article, and it's being shared by people who really, I, I, I mean, I think they're just naive. They're just naive. But this is the gaslighting. This is the truth of the fact that they will take the most. There is no more. I can't think of a more appalling thing in the world than what these people do to children. Not a single thing could be more off-putting in a conversation than to begin talking to somebody about the fact that Americans are the largest consumer of child rape videos in the world. Our people here at home are watching them, consuming them. We're the reason there's a demand. We're, we are a large portion of why this industry exists. We're a large portion of that demand. So why would they go after that? Like, why is that the thing they chose to say? It cannot be true. It's such a conspiracy. I'm back to your conclusion that it's because they're neck deep in it. That there's so there's got to be just such a level of perversion that all the stuff I would have called crazy yesterday, I can only now assume must be true because why else would they want to just brush it aside, sweep it under the rug, and act like eh, child trafficking? Well, I think Shrug the, shoulders. the second conclusion to draw from this is, and we've touched on it before here, um, but if you take a look at Jeffrey Epstein and what we know about him and his activities and uh, perversions um, and the people that he's been involved with, the people that we know are on the flight logs, the people yeah. that were in his little black book, the people that were his friends, who of course all want to deny it now, um, you know, if you, if you had told me a couple of years ago that this was a thing, I would have said, eh, you know, typical kind of conspiracy theory, wackadoodle talk. In light of what we know now, and, and I'm not trying to say uh, that the QAnon thing is real and that this right. somehow justifies the Pizzagate stuff and all that. Right. I'm not trying to say that, that, that this one thing being true necessarily right. is is somehow you know validity to the rest of all the crazy stuff that comes out of QAnon. Some of it is believable, some of it is not. At least for me, I'm just I'm just giving you my opinion sure. there. But I would say that, that that further validates the argument that that this is real and it's undeniable. And you have people in in positions of power, people of means, mm -hmm. who are are participating in these acts. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and I, and I think this is. Find a way to say this. This is, to me, reads as Vice running cover for those people. Hundred percent agreed. One hundred percent. Listen, Tim Ballard says in one of the many documentaries they've done about him that he, by the way, he funds and puts out through his organization because n nobody else wants to talk about it. There is a full-length motion picture coming sometime soon, I hope. Obviously, 2020 has delayed everything. Few people want to tell Tim Ballard's story because it's not pleasant. Table talk. 
it's funny that our news organizations are constantly talking about murder and death, but they never stop down, hardly ever, to talk about this. Every 30 seconds, Scott. Every 30 seconds. Now, that's not, by the way, that's not every 30 seconds a new child is abducted. Two million children enslaved around the world, and every 30 seconds, one of them is being sold for something. Think about that. So, Tim Ballard would tell you, this was my point, the vast majority of the guys he busts with the child pornography, the child exploitation material, will tell him the same story about how it all started with a Playboy magazine. And then they, de- and they develop this addiction that's unquenchable, and it's sick and perverse, and they just head down this road. And if we're all honest with ourselves, and you look around, we've probably got a close degree of separation between us and somebody that's gotten popped for it, not to make light of it. I've got three. I can tell you three people off the top of my head. Two cousins, and then whatever your brother-in-law's brother is named, They've all been arrested. Pedophile. That's right. That's exactly right. He's doing 15 years. He's, he's got 15 years. He deserves life for what they found him with. I've got a cousin waiting, awaiting trial. It does not look good. We've got a second cousin who's already done his time in federal prison over it. This is, this is a pandemic. This is things that is ruining millions and millions of lives. And Vice wants you to think... Yeah, it hardly ever exists. Now, I I don't I don't know that I know anyone personally, um, that's been caught. It's not to say couldn't happen. <laughs> but you've got your suspicions. <laughs> I don't know anybody that's been caught, don't but I got all. a couple of people. Don't we? A couple of people. A, I got a list. Uh, but I will tell you, as someone who's been on the hunt for a house, yeah, one of the things that we do. Um, when we go look at a house or before we go look at a house is we look at the sex offender registry. Yeah. And if you've never done that before, it is quite eye opening. They're everywhere. Um, as a matter of fact, we looked at a house about a week ago and there was a business that backed up essentially to the property. And there was a registered sex offender that worked in this office building. And, uh, the house was pretty cool. The backyard had a privacy fence with a gate for some strange reason that opened towards that business. Hmm. And so that became like a, an immediate, right. Not no, but hell no yeah. for me because yeah. I thought, uh, you know, I don't want this guy taking a smoke break out here on the, on the back stoop and then taking a look over at my house and thinking, right. well, let's go see who's over there. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, um, and, and we've done that before when we've, uh, last time we moved and, um, that's a quick way to figure out you don't like the neighborhood. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would almost say if you're listening to this, you challenge and challenge yourself and just go look it up if you've never done it before and you might be surprised. Now, I don't think you're wrong. I, I look at that and I will look at what the person has done and then I'll gauge how hard I'll punch them in the face when they, I see them walking down the street. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, I'll, I'll provide that caveat. If some guy got a ticket for peeing in a bush and now he's a dot on a map. Cause that does happen. It does happen. That's a real thing. It happens a lot. Yep. Um, you know, I used to be a bartender and, uh, people got caught peeing in alleys and stuff all the time. Yeah. You know, it's three o'clock in the morning. Somebody's drunk. Lewd conduct. It happens. So yeah. that doesn't bother me nearly as much as, you know, a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. Um, I look at those maps. You have to keep, you're not wrong to keep that top of mind. It is important to note the vast majority of these kids who are trafficked, the vast majority of kids who are victimized and exploited, it comes from someone they already knew and most likely someone who has a very close relationship with that kid. That's the terrifying part. They, they, they do pray online, man. They get online convinced. People, they're their friends, meet up with them, exploit them. Uh, it's terrible, terrible stuff. So we have to begin wondering why, why cover. The, there is no deeper depth of depravity 
than what this is. And I can't decide why Vice would cover for that, but Vice did cover for it, as, as you just heard in the article. Yep. Would you be surprised if three months from now, the guy that wrote this gets popped for having child porn? Yeah, no, I would not be surprised at all. Um, and, and I do think it's... I feel like this is a bit of a confessional. Well, this is a young girl, by the way, which is interesting, named Katie Way. I mean, she looks like she's 20. Um, and, you know, she's written uh, such things as 2020 is the year reality TV won. Um, Crying on the clock is the best perk. I don't know what that means. Um, really hard-hitting journalism here. How to stop constantly stressing about the future. When does outside become inside? How I get by one weekend as a professional Santa. So, yeah, she's really, I mean, she's asking the hard questions. Um, she obviously is an expert. She needs to really search her own soul. Uh, and, and you know what? The truth is she's probably just really, really naive. Now, I'm going to sound like a curmudgeon when I say this, but the fact of the matter is these people... Because we know Vice is famous for, at least in my world, Vice is famous for drug documentaries. Yeah. I get mm -hmm. fascinated watching some of their documentaries where they go in and they uh, they talk to people about all these strange drugs that people take, Yep, the, the trade industry of these drugs. I don't know why that stuff fascinates me. I hate drugs. Drugs always terrified me growing up. I hope my kids feel the exact same because why consume something that could possibly kill you immediately? Drug dealers kill people on purpose. We know this. They lace things and kill the hard addicts because the other addicts think the drug must be that much better, and then they come and buy it. That's true. They yep. do that. All right. So anyway, Katie here probably just doesn't know. She probably just doesn't know. It, it would have been fun to invite her on about that article. Um, but I'd probably get mad and yell at her and I'd feel bad because she looks like a little kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Katie lives in a world like Vice where, uh, sorry for the pun, but every vice is excused. And there is no moral compass among these people. You're not allowed to judge anybody for their perversions. This is a group of people who will tell you that you are a bigot for wanting to address mental health issues with people who believe their gender they are not. That's bigoted. You can't talk like that. that if that man thinks he's a woman, that man is a woman. These people would literally stand by and let the anorexics starve themselves to death. That's who they are. They're, they're really, really strange with that mindset. They ignore reality. So she has, and Vice, I would say, that that, um, that section of society has no right to judge anyone for their perversions because they're already steeped in it. Like There's no getting away from the perversion these people have created for themselves. So who are they to judge? That's the only thing I can come up with for why they cover it. But to smear people like myself, which obviously I take this very personally, but to smear us, when we can back it up with, with data, when we have the people on ground in country rescuing these children, to smear us and act like we're some sort of crazy conspiratorial propagandists, that's a culture war. That is a culture war. This is a divisive move by the left where they're going to pile on and make everybody on the right look as crazy as possible. Now, you know, I'm sure, that Parler kicked President, or Parler, no, Twitter kicked President Trump off. Facebook kicked President Trump off. They are doing everything they can to purge their platforms of any contrarian thought. They will not allow you on for much longer if you don't toe the line and think the way they're going to think. According to Breitbart, Wall Street banks are freezing political donations after the Capitol Hill riots. Wall Street is slamming the lid shut on the coffers of its corporate political action committees and threatening pro-Trump politicians on Capitol Hill with blacklisting. Following a week in which major social media companies cut off Donald Trump and began excluding some of his biggest advocates in the wake of the riots, some of the nation's largest financial institutions have announced that they are halting donations to their political action committees and considering permanently cutting off politicians accusing, uh, accused of attempting to, quote, overturn the 2020 election. 
J.P. Morgan Chase, the nation's biggest bank by assets and market capitalization, said it is halting donations through its PAC for six months. Citigroup, the third largest U.S. bank by assets, is reportedly pressing pause on political donations for the first quarter of 2020. This might be the only positive thing that has come out of, of all of 2020. These big banks can stay out of the politics. We're going to be all right. Because people argue about term limits. People argue about abuse of power. I'm going to tell you something. Get the money out of politics. No one in D.C., and I mean the president himself, should never, ever make higher than the median income of the American people. Ever. Ever, ever. The president of the United States should not make half a million dollars a year. That is ludicrous. It's ludicrous. Just saying. I don't disagree. Um, all I right. think Nancy Pelosi is going to probably take issue with that because she has a very expensive ice cream habit. <laughs> so... <laughs> Didn't I'm going to let you mention that to her. I don't want to I don't want to feel that wrath. We found the thing of how many pints of her ice cream you could buy with your $600. And it wasn't It a wasn't lot. a lot. I don't remember what it was. Cuz those it's pints were lot. like 15 bucks a pop from yeah. what I remember. Yeah. All right, so they're coming after people like me who want you to understand the evils of the world and that it's real because they've just lost all conviction in their souls. And, but then they're, they're going after, uh, you know, the president. And then they're going after platforms who say they won't abide by their rules. Now, if you're familiar with what happened with Parler, Parler was hosted on Amazon servers. That's where everything was based. And Amazon announced we're kicking you off because we don't want Parler to be a thing. Apple took Parler out of the App Store. Google took uh, Parler out of Google Play. You can't get to Parler right now. And the only reason is because Parler would not institute the same guidelines that Apple, Google, and Amazon wanted them to institute to cut down on conservative speech. Here is uh, Parler CEO John Matsey talking with Tucker Carlson on Fox News. John Matsey is the CEO of Parler. We're happy to have him on. I just said that. John, thanks so much for coming on. I have to start at the end and ask you if it, since you built this application as a kind of safe space for freedom of speech, did you ever imagine that Amazon Web Services could or would shut you down in an instant? Thank you for having me on. Um, I've theorized about it. You know, we've definitely theorized about it. Uh, you, you just never think it'll happen, though, right? You, you know, and... Uh, What's really interesting is uh, that they all did it on the same day, those three, without any prior warning. We woke up on Friday thinking business, well, not never business as usual parlor, but at least as close to usual as possible. We were number one on the app store. We, we, you know, we had seven million, almost seven million unique people on the app that day. Um, and we get a notice, you know, you're in violation of our terms, one after another. But we found out first, in some cases, not from the companies, but from BuzzFeed. You know, we didn't get a notice from Google. We read like it Obama. online in the news first. And uh, that is shocking. And then after they set that example, you know, we get an email after email. You know, it's almost like you, you were just waiting. Who's going to be next? Dumping us. Everybody. The last thing we have right now is email. And I bet you within 24 hours, our email will be shut off, too. So. They're doing, I mean, for no reason other than they won't play by their rules. By the way, one of the largest customers from Amazon for their servers, Twitter. Hmm. So if, Funny how that works. Yeah, I was reminded very much of the Biden-Ukraine comment. Hmm. You'll either fire that prosecutor or you won't get your billion dollars. Well, son of a, they fired... Uh, they fired the prosecutor because they wanted their money. Social media company Parler sued Amazon on Monday, arguing that Amazon's move was, quote, motivated by political animus and designed to reduce competition to benefit Twitter. Twitter is a customer of Amazon Web Services division. So, yes, I agree 100%. That's probably what happened. We'll see how that plays out in court. Here's the last thought from Parler's CEO. Sue? Uh, we will be back up eventually because we're not going to give up. Uh, but it, it, 
soon is difficult, you know. I thought immediately, oh, no problem, we'll call up a new vendor, right? We call up the vendor, we're all good to go, and then right at the last second, sorry, somebody said something, we can't host you, bye. And it's been that one after another ever since then. Right at the last minute, they just they just bail. So here's what you got to understand. 1984, 1984, 1984. Thought crimes are a thing now. Newspeak is a thing now. You will be told what to think. You'll be told what to say. You'll be told what you are allowed to think, what you're not allowed to say. And if you think that's crazy, this entire hour-long episode has proven it to be true. You can't think or say that children are trafficked around the world for sex, despite the fact that they are. And if you say, well, it's 800,000 are missing right now. No, you're crazy. You're crazy. It's 2 million. 2 million. Well, QAnon said something similar to what you said. You must be crazy. No, Katie, you're crazy. You're crazy. That is now a thing. Now a thing. Be wary. It's a cultural purge. It's a, this is, this is the war. It's not, well, it's not gonna be fought with guns. It's here's be the, fought thing, this here's way. the thing about that cultural purge too. So you have Google, Apple, and Amazon who sort of have started this movement, right? And then now what's taking place is you have things like uh, the, uh, the service that the president uses for his email. They've now turned him off there. Mm. Um, his credit card service for his campaign donations is turned off. Uh, he's blocked on Pinterest and Spotify and all these other things, which makes zero sense to me. I don't, I don't think he was going to make like a table out of an old pallet or anything. So, um, his I'm, home decor ideas are pretty good. I did see a tweet earlier that said, "Why is he blocked on uh, Spotify? What are they worried he's going to listen to Eye of the Tiger and get all riled up and go like kick somebody's ass or something?" Um, so valid. So the problem with this is, is, so you have those three who have obviously um, conspired. Right. Absolutely. Um, they've conspired to take these actions uh, against the president and others, parlor and, and, and groups of conservatives. I mean, it's not like these people all share a, a building. Amazon, no, no, no. Facebook, and Twitter coordinate, and Google coordinated the effort to kick right. parlor and the president to the curb. So now the, the, the next phase of that, which I think they knew would happen, is now you have companies who are, are going to follow that lead. Yeah. Some of which are going to say things like our employees have voice concern. Yeah. And so now because of that, we're going to have to part ways with, yeah. with your, you know, this business relationship. Yep. And so to me, it's not just scary that they conspired. Now it's created this snowball effect where everybody else in order to sort of toe the line or play ball or whatever you want to call it is sort of is, is getting in line so that they can. So, because you don't want to be uh, a tech company and not be, you don't want to be an outlier, right? You don't right. want to be um, seen as siding with the conservatives. You got to fit in with the cool kids. Right. Uh, I don't know if you could, Call Zuckerberg one of the cool <laughs> Well, in the tech world, though. That might be the dorkiest guy I've ever talking, seen. You're talking tech. That, well, you saw Jack. It's true. Jack is that guy that thinks the hair on his chin is a makes him look less he dorky. Thinks, he thinks, I don't have a personality, so I'll grow a beard. I got it right here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am, I am a soy boy. He didn't do it. And what I mean by that is he, he didn't do it because it's like something he felt compelled to do. He was looking around, and it's like women with their boots. You look around, like, what's everybody else doing? You doing that? I could do that. I'd be stylish, too. I'd be cool. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I think you rounded that thought out perfectly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, listen, I'd give you a vote of the week, except I just did. Her name is Katie Way, and she works for Vice, and she writes articles saying that uh, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist if you think that children uh, to the tune of 800,000 are being trafficked around the world, or, um, you know, if you want to know what it's like to be Santa for a weekend at a mall, she's your gal. Look her up. I'm sure it's just compelling. It's one voter. Bet you can't. Everybody knows the rules. Bet you can't even put it down once you get started. All right, listen, stay safe, and, and don't be crazy.
okay? Keep your head on square. Make sure you're you're staying in shape. Exercise them when you can. Um, make sure that, that your mind is clear. Meditate, pray, write in a journal, whatever it takes for you to feel grounded and clear-minded so that uh, when all this craziness goes down, I hate to tell you this, it's, it's now to us <laughs> to set the bar because we're surrounded by crazy people. We're surrounded and even crazier. The craziest of the crazy people control the media and they will excoriate you at every chance they're given. Uh, I'll say this. I think I can say this. Let me think for a second. Uh, yeah. On a professional note, <laughs> we might be able to kick back at the media pretty hard and big time here very soon. So I'll give you more details on that soon. Uh, we got something cooking. I think would be a lot of fun um, over the fact that they're just trying to cleanse all the airwaves of any conservative thought of any mention of companies who believe in the constitution and want to support your God-given rights. Um, we took a hit today, but we're, we're going to hit back harder. I'll tell you more about that soon. It'll be fun. All right. That's it for episode number 130 of the felt recall podcast. Hope you liked it. Hope you'll come back next week. Hope you will tell a friend about Felt Recall. Hope you are subscribed wherever you're getting your podcasts. Please leave a rating and a review. That helps us. Uh, It just raises the podcast and the algorithms of the world. We sit higher in the ether when that happens. None of that's true. But we do love you, and we'll see you in seven days for another episode of the Felt Recall Podcast. Patty. The, Sir. the house hunt is over. I hope. We hope. We'll, we'll, we'll know more. Knock on wood for you, buddy. In a week. All right. See you next time.